0: Hello and welcome to United by Calcio, your favorite weekly Serie A podcast covering everything that is coming out of the world's best league. Am I right, Robbie? Yes, Yes, sir. Well, welcome. My name is Christian. I'm one of your hosts, and you just heard your other host, uh, Robbie, and uh, his enthusiasm is infinite.
1: Of course. How could it not be? Top of the table, baby!
0: Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Um... To be fair, season. probably gonna last a little yeah the rest of the season. But you know, I I, I have to throw some some jabs your way because you know not everything's gotta go smooth. But
1: just it is so far so good. So far so
0: good. Bots yeah. enter. We'll find a way. Well, right now they're doing just fine. Um, but let's go through a bit of a rundown of this past week's action. So week 26, man, week 26, we only got 13. And I say only, we've got 13 weeks left. That's not, it's not much longer there, Robbie. Storylines nope. are starting to shape up. One game at a time. That's right. Trophies with are in that, the air. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't count on that yet. Uh, what would I say? Don't count your chickens before they hatch? Yeah. Oh, I'm not yeah. saying
1: like getting lifted. It's just like you can smell it coming. Oh, you can smell the trophy. It's getting close. Oh, okay.
0: All right, my bad. Sorry. It's trophy I wanna, season. I want to rain on your parade now or anything. Oh, uh, but this past week, the week started with Bologna and Verona. And Bologna, well, showed up. I mean, they took care of business 2-0. Dispatched Verona, back where they belong, uh, unfortunately for them. And, uh, well, they climbed up to fourth place. And, well, at this point, we're not surprised. But before the season, obviously, we would have been a little surprised by that outcome. Sassuolo follows that game up with Empoli, and they lose three-two. This game pretty much sums up uh, uh, Alessio Dionisi's uh, situation because he got sacked right after. Th- this was it. This was the end of the road for Dionisi, which is unfortunate. But that's what happens when you go from eleventh place your first year, thirteenth and next, and then you know pretty much teetering on extinction. Not good. We'll talk a little more about that later. Uh, Third game up, Salernitana and Monza, and Monza takes care of business, does what they need to do, pick up a nice, clean victory. Genoa follows that matchup against Udinese. They also went 2-0. And then Juve, of course, 3-2 victory over Frosinone in the dying embers of the game, as some would say, Uh, followed by Cagliari and Napoli, and a surprise draw here that just, boggles of mind uh and then inter just cleaning house for Lecce. i mean they just did not leave anything to the imagination here they just shut Lecce down completely uh milan and atalanta fighting for a draw in the end uh, roma taking care of business against torino 3-2 victory with a dibala hat trick And then Fiorentina-Lazio still ongoing uh, as of the recording of this pod, which is Monday at about, what, 4 o'clock or so now. So we will keep you updated on all that. Now, I'd like to start here, Robbie, with uh, a couple pieces of pretty important news for uh, Serie A teams. The matchups have been drawn for the Europa League and Europa Conference League. And at this point... Well, let's just say that outside of Milan, there's some pretty significant matchups. I mean, Roma's got Brighton, and then uh, I believe Atlanta has Sporting. Neither of these opponents is is a slouch by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, that those are tough matchups.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this stage, you're not going to get necessarily easy matchups. I mean, Atalanta, you have to back in that scenario. They've they beat Sporting Agreed. in their own group, so. They want they topped the group, so they'll have the second leg home. You should back them there. Brighton definitely a tough matchup, definitely a better team than Roma. So that'll be interesting to see how Roma handle that. Maybe they used a Derossi surge, you know? Yeah, they're vibing, they're on their way up, they're on 100%. the up. And then, yeah, Milan, they <clears> should <throat> absolutely just smash Slavia Prague. No disrespect yeah. to Slavia Prague. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I you're,
0: you're right. Yeah, there's there's no reason why Roma should leave anything on the table here, but now, and I'm not comparing Ren uh, to Slavia Prague here, but they, they they definitely showed some weaknesses in that second leg against Ren. Um, they obviously ended up winning the the two leg series, right? But it was five through no five two, sorry, No, five three. My bad. Right. Anyways, nonetheless. Yeah. They showed some weaknesses, right? Because Ren did command the the second game, to take command in the second game a lot more, which didn't look great for for Milan at times. So it does yeah. kind of make me make me worry.
1: They they rotated a bit too. Yeah. So like, yeah. they definitely played relaxed because they had the three goal cushion, and it was never really in doubt. But you know, I'm sure like momentum could like if if wrens were able to get that second goal and make it right one goal game sure yeah. but milan never made that let that happen every time wrens got close they scored again and the, the tie was never in doubt
0: that's fair yeah and i mean uh while i'm still mind you i'm saying this and i still expect them to fully win here because uh well i think it should be at the very minimum a drubbing of slavia prague at home right that's san siro that should not be uh should not be any anything other than that and it maybe it, it's a little tougher playing away at slavia prague it's a it's an intense uh stadium so uh they've got a good fan base should be interesting should make for a little fun uh run up for them but they definitely have the easiest matchups of those three teams Uh, Then following up with the Europa Conference League, we've got Fiorentina uh, being matched up with Maccabi Haifa, another uh, team that is very tough to play. Um, So Fiorentina have this ability where they play up against the big teams at times, but then they also play down against certain teams. So it does leave me sort of wondering, which Fiorentina are we going to see here? Are they going to shoot themselves in the foot, or are they going to push through this, right? Because if they do, they're within eyeshot of the trophy.
1: Yeah. I mean, Fiorentino should back themselves to get to the final again. Agreed. Granted, like, I mean, for the Conference League, the only real competition, like Villa, very good team. Ajax have really fallen off. And yes. then Leal. Those are your, I mean, Fenerbahce, I guess. They got Ed and Dzeko, you know? Mm-hmm. What a player. Still going. (laughs) Still going. Um, You know, Serie A, great. Um, But yeah, those are out of that, like, there's really just not that many good teams. So, Maccabi Haifa, I'm not nervous for from a Fiorentina standpoint. They
0: should. Hopefully, they can take care of business.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm Uh, actually more confident in Fiorentina against Maccabi Haifa than I would be Milan, Slavia, Prague.
0: Wow, really? That's yeah. that's a surprising one, because I feel like uh, Maccabi Haifa is a, a tougher team. But I love your energy. Bring that uh, just out of nowhere, le- out of left field energy in this pod uh, already. You're just throwing <laughs> in curveballs left and right. You're like uh, Slavia Prague just don't, don't have it. You know, Now I want to see a Slavia Prague versus Maccabi Haifa matchup here. Um, Maybe they ought to arrange that. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but jokes aside, let's get back on topic with uh, Roma this week. Now their matchup uh, against Feyenoord or uh, mid midweek here for the Europa League, they end up winning, but not without drama because the first leg they obviously drew with Feyenoord away, and then at home they also drew. Now I my view is that they were the better team; they should have won this uh, the second leg here. Uh, there's no reason why it should have gotten to the point it did where penalties uh, were necessary. And uh, just a little footnote here, Lukaku missed his penalty opportunity, which, bro, come on. This this is not what you miss. But I just want to throw that in for you, Robbie, because you know, I, I know how much you like <laughs> Lukaku.
1: I got a good chuckle out of
0: it. Of course you did. Because
1: he is a good penalty taker. He that is. was a bad penalty. Very. But it was just... Is just funny, fitting, you know. Knockout <laughs> game much so. pressure on, yeah. And he he fumbles. It's just, it is what it is. It is Lukaku, that's his story.
0: But you know who didn't crumble? You know who didn't at all crumble? Who rose to this occasion, to this marvelous opportunity presented to him by Roma? A little known goalkeeper, Villar, mm-hmm. man. What a keeper. If they switch away from him at this point, I'm gonna protest. I swear, if Rui Patricio sees those, I- I'm going to be really mad. I'm going to be really, really mad. Uh, and then Pellegrini with that golazzo. I mean, what a goal. That guy looked at that net, and I was like, yep, that's it. That's impressive. Yeah, he saw, he saw those comments Mourinho made that, oh, it's
1: clearly the players, and he yeah. took that personal. <laughs> oh, <of laughs> He's course. just been bawling since. <laughs>
0: Man, I love that. Love that. The confidence to be able to put that ball in that corner that way. That was impressive. I mean, there was there was no chance a goalkeeper was getting that. But no doubter. Unfortunately for Roma, they did leave it until the last second. Luckily for them, their goalkeeper kept them in the game because if it wasn't for those two saves by Svilar, this could have been a different game, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's I mean, it took until the last kick of the game. Yeah, you know, that's right. Went all the way to penalties. But yeah, fine order, a good side. Like, Santi Jimenez is one of the best youngsters in the world, you mm-hmm. can say, like, from a scoring standpoint. Um, and he certainly put the nerves on for Roma early. Fifth okay. minute, just buries it, and you're like, okay, uh, gotta dig deep. <laughs> It'll be yeah. a long 90 minutes, potentially 120. It was. 10%. And then, uh, yeah, pens are the best. You know, as a neutral, you just love oh, yeah. them. As a fan, I mean, like, you absolutely hate them.
0: Like, thankfully,
1: I'm not a Roma fan, and I didn't have to experience that.
0: What kind of a that fan would like penalties? It's horrible. Oh. I mean, if you're, you know, if your team is playing in them. If you're not, yeah. oh. like you said, you're fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's the oh, best. Girl. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you could, like, literally, I mean, it's, it, you know, I hate to put it this way because it's saying it's lucky is misleading. I think people do this a lot. Uh, commentators and analysts and fans alike constantly <laughs> make it seem as if soccer is 90% luck and 10% skill. And it's just nonsense. Like to get up in front of a goalkeeper, stare him down and have him staring you down. You're playing mind games with each other it is not the easiest thing in the world so no it, it's not it's not an accident is my point uh my, my long-winded way of saying let's all, let's all just stop mocking penalties please <laughs> if 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 everyone could make penalties we'd all be playing soccer all right there's a reason why the pros are out there and we're not so that aside Roma did pull through in the end. They get the W and they move on and they get matched up. Like I mentioned earlier at the top of this pod with Brighton, which that is a game right there. If Roma really play up to their skill, I am excited about this. This could be a really good game.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really depends on what Brighton shows up Mm -hmm. like the beginning season of Brighton and Europa League Brighton or the second three games of the groups for yeah. Brighton were electric. Like they mm-hmm. showed up and they played Deserby the ball yeah. and they absolutely smashed them. But if you get like them sleeping, like, Oh, they went to Ike Athens, I believe mm-hmm. yeah, they played weird. in the groups and yeah. um, they struggled mightily. It did. It and it did. that was because it's their first time in Europe. So Roma have the experience on their side, which is good. All these players haven't played in Europa League or, yeah, Europa League uh, knockout games. Well, of course, Roma went to the final last year. So it'll be interesting. And it'll be De Rossi instead of Mourinho, you know? And then De Zerbi is
0: going to be fun. Which is fantastic. I mean, personally, I love the fact uh, that De Rossi has been able to inject a little positivity, hope, and, uh, I don't know, a little sense of light in the air around Roma because before this, it just felt like it was a non-stop dark cloud. Uh, as far as Brighton's concerned, I mean, uh, they're a tough team regardless, right? But you're right. You could get the the odd-looking Brighton. Uh, I will say one thing, just in support of a Greek Super League. Those Greek teams are really tough to play against, but they're not as easy as you might think. Like Panathinaikos and Olympiakos and uh, Ike Athen's They're they're much better than you would think they would be, so it's a fair warning out there. Like they're they're not just slouches. Like I I would I would say they're better than your Slavia Prague's and your Maccabi Haifa's for sure. So it doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock me having watched the Greek Super League and having followed one of my teams, Panathinaikos. Like uh, it's a good league. It's a good team, and uh, don't underestimate them. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) <laughs> that aside, they probably should have won that game it is Brighton, right, Premier League um, yes. that aside Roma does a job, moves on they got, faced, uh, they got to face Brighton and then they come back to Serie A they come back home and they say well uh, Paolo, why don't you just get us a hat-trick and uh, we'll just leave it off until an unfortunate poison own goal to make it seem like Torino stood a chance
1: Yeah, Dybala hit an absolute banger of a goal the second one. Right. Um, Like, from what, 30 out? 25 to 30? It was far out. Gotta love it. Maybe Milankovic-Savage could have done a little bit better on that one. But, you know, that's that's tough. It's a beautiful shot. However, Milankovic-Savage should have done better on the third goal because that is a bad, bad goal. Like, Dybala had no business scoring from that angle. He gets a full hand on it, and it's just like, "All right, well, that's the game," and it was. Yeah, yeah, the own goal, unfortunate bounce. Yeah. Shit happens. Maybe a more experienced defender is able to just clear it yeah, out probably. rather than put it in the back of their exactly. net. You know, yeah, I mean that's. But probably um, it. but still unlucky, is what it is. The result really wasn't in doubt no. once they got that third goal,
0: mm-hmm. and yeah, big win. They're oh, huge. Here, now chomping at the heels of
1: uh, Bologna and Atalanta. That's
0: right. Well, the big thing is that Torino did not... They, I mean, I, I say that this game was not in doubt, but the reality is Torino were there. It wasn't like as if they just lied down mm. and took the beating, right? They had the for opportunities. Sure. They just couldn't finish their opportunities. That's the unfortunate part of this. And I feel like we've been saying this on and off about Torino for how many years now, right back to the Bellotti days uh, when he's sitting up top there. So it's not a new phenomena. so you know, take, make, make with it, whatever you will. But nonetheless, it was an entertaining game. I would say if you're neutral and you're following this is a good game, right? That's a good, good neutral uh, game to throw on.
1: I agree. Yeah. I mean, you had the opening penalty and then immediately Zabata answers. Yeah. Just a nice header. Again, thought Svilar might've been able to do something about it. It was a, it wasn't the paciest header like, but it was in the corner. Yeah. And you know, it worked Sometimes out. it's just yeah,
0: too far. But um by the way, I just just yeah, it was a very entertaining game. Zapata, nine goals and three assists this season. So, you know, quietly putting up some decent numbers, right?
1: Yeah, basically the only one scoring for Torino because <laughs> they're averaging yeah, I mean, less than a goal a game. Yeah. So it's actually impressive that they scored two. Also impressive that Roma scored three since Torino are also yeah. averaging less than a goal against very, a game
0: <laughs> very impressive absolutely i mean
1: not a lot of goals in their games
0: to be fair to torino as well though um they are missing two of their big stars in the back right buongiorno mm-hmm. and yep. um uh, Shores uh, is, is out right so it, those are those are their guys uh, in the back there they're missing both of them that's not easy i mean who else lovato's a young player he he's not quite he doesn't have that experience he doesn't have that ability quite yet he could develop into that, but he's not there yet. Um, there's no there's no one else who could really fill those gaps in there, right, for Torino.
1: Yeah, and that's fair. But again, like, they didn't concede that many great chances. Like, the goal from Dybala from 30 right. yards, like, not much you can do about that from a center back perspective. Right. And then Milankover-Savage has to have the third one. That's not a – like, that's – that is something a good goalkeeper saves. 100%. And he just wasn't that today.
0: No. No, I mean, he was not. And, and he's yeah, been pretty like, good, by the way, this season.
1: Yeah, he's a fine
0: goalkeeper. Yeah. He's a perfect middle-of-the-table team right. goalkeeper. Exactly. Uh, speaking of, well, fine, I suppose. Fine for one end, anyways. Uh, Napoli-Barcelona, right? Uh, the midweek matchup between Napoli and Barcelona. Uh, Osman scores in the 75th minute to essentially ensure a draw for uh, Napoli, but it was not the kind of game where Napoli should have won this, right? This was a game that Barcelona were commanding early on, and they should have won this game.
1: Yeah, Barca should have won that game. But Osman did well, and that's Napoli's offense he at did. this point. They're just relying on individual brilliance by Osman. That's right. And he turned his defender well, slotted it home. Probably would have been a penalty even if he missed. So, That's fair. Yeah. But um the guy was like trying to tackle him. Yeah. Like, was, with his was, arms. Yeah. He was he was doing a football mm-hmm. like American football tackle. Oh,
0: 100%. Um
1: but yeah, <laughs> I mean he was. did it was a great job like turning him and then finishing coolly. Ter Stegen was sent for a hot dog. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean yeah. when you watch that game, you Barcelona were the better team. Yeah, are the better team far. and probably should win the next leg. But, mm-hmm. you know, Champions League is is different. So maybe 100%. somehow Napoli show up, get a draw, force extra time, anything can happen.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting for sure. I mean they Barcelona came back in, in, in La Liga afterwards in four zero drubbing of Getafe. So um doesn't leave much hope for Napoli, in my view. I mean, I'm not saying Napoli is on the same level as their opponents that uh, you know there, but still, this Napoli team has not been exactly an inspiring uh, form as of late. And uh, you know, Kvara had a good, good game. I'd, I'd say uh, much better than usual, uh, as, at least as as of late. Angisa uh, had a great game this game. He had the assist. So you know, in general, there were some great performances here, even if it wasn't necessarily their game, right?
1: Yeah, I still want to see more from Cavaro. We've course. seen him at his best. Mm-hmm. He wasn't at his best. No. He was fine. Yeah. Like I I wasn't impressed by him because I've seen what he can do. Of course, of course. You hope when you go to Barcelona, he shows his best. Yes. Because when her. him he's at his best and Osman's at their best, like mm-hmm. that that's a very hard team to stop. And Agreed. Barcelona's weakness is their defense. So hopefully they can prey on that but um, I have no faith in Napoli's defense being able to stop
0: Lewandowski consistently. No, I mean, it does seem like a one-off kind of opportunity here. And, you know, I definitely feel like if the game comes around, right, and and Napoli somehow pull off a victory of a lifetime here, I'll be shocked, right, if that happens. But, you know, it is a Champions League. It's not as if you can ever rule it out. Uh, and Barca, Barca are going through a lot of difficulties right now. So we'll see. We'll see, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, Barca are going through difficulties. They're also second in La Liga yeah. right now. So it's like yeah, right. the difficulties that Barca are going through are a different. lot different than Napoli's. Yeah, like Napoli sure. are just in just a downturn. Like they're they just are. going down and down and down. Absolutely. They can't seem to right the ship. Nope. No matter who's manager you know that's not wrong they're baking calzones they're trying you know, <laughs> you know?
0: wow that was uh, i <laughs> should have expected you know that. I they're just not
1: that. coming out right they're coming no. out like pizza
0: no no they're not they're, they're we ordered a calzone <laughs> sir <laughs> well poor guy he already has uh, has Robbie making <laughs> making his name into a joke man oh come on wow dude
1: how wow. can you not
0: no i'm just messing with you of course of course no, that, that yeah. he, his name was tailor made for this <laughs> with that said though you're right I mean they're in different places at this point uh, and let's not you know, beat around the bush any longer I mean Napoli didn't do themselves any favor at the weekend when they drew with Cagliari yes they're away but that game should have not been uh, in doubt ever right
1: yeah I mean Cagliari are not a good side No, no. I mean that with no disrespect but obviously that is disrespectful but it's a massive point for them to it, come it yeah, I mean they're not very good, but you know, you know I could say nice things about them. It's a massive point for them, which is great. Yeah. Like we love Ranieri.
0: That's right.
1: We love do. that guy. We do, of course, in um, his story, and um, it's a massive point. It feels like Cagliari also is doing a lot of late dramatics, Juve mm-hmm. way, um, and yeah, massive point. They're now tied for twenty with. Tied with 20 at uh Sassuolo, Verona, 20 points for
0: that 17th spot. So
1: it's gonna be a tight race.
0: I mean, you gotta you gotta love the fact that you've got three teams in this, and one of those three teams no one would have guessed would be in this position right now. Not a soul, right? And from the, the the reports that are coming out about the managerial situation at Sassuolo, they don't want to hire anyone that stays past June, this this coming end of the season, right? So that puts them in a predicament because who's really going to take on this job in the interim? So they're going to just keep, likely in my view, I see them just keeping uh, the youth coach, I believe it is, right? That took over. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which makes sense. Makes sense. Oh, yeah, me I mean. It
1: it's going to be tough because obviously you don't want to spend a ton of money on no. a guy to be there right. for multiple years and then get relegated. That's
0: right. Exactly.
1: So then, cause then you're not in a good financial spot. Um, but yeah. Hopefully, you know, stay up and then worry about hiring a manager in the summer or go down. And then where again, still worry That's about right. get, get a guy who has known to be able to get people teams up, I don't know who that is off the top of my head, but yeah, yeah like I mean, just, you know, do your research, get, get some guys that are going to be willing to be in Serie B, maybe a young manager
0: who is trying to make their way. I don't know. Maybe a Pirlo. <laughs> now that'd be an interesting hire. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be too far left field. I mean, that, that seems like a rational step up uh, Be it'd be interesting to see what they'd be able to do with, uh, with Pirlo at the helm there. But, you know, back to Cagliari, they, you know, they, they're not, Exactly the Cagliari that we used to know, right? This is not the team that was sort of uh, a pain in any way. Everyone's behind, right? This is not the team that were at times giant killers, right? Um, they're emaciated, comparatively speaking, to, to those teams. So it's not shocking that they came in and are seemingly on their way back out unless something drastic changes. With Napoli, on the other hand, though, this game should not have been in doubt, like I mentioned earlier, and like you said, this this should have been a game that they put away. Nossaman scores, which was fantastic. That was in a 66th minute. They waited until the 66th minute to get on the scoreboard. And then they give up the, t- the tying goal in a 96th minute. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: I mean, Napoli just aren't good anymore. We can say it. Like, we yeah. we they aren't the team of last year. Right. This is not a good side. No, not at all. Like, they are just an average Serie A team. And that's fine. Like, you can't be great every year. Like, that is hard to do consistently. Now, granted, they should be great this year. Mm-hmm. And they've really fumbled the bag. You know, that's self-inflicted, almost the majority of it. Um, but, yeah, like... It is what it is. They're just not that great of a team. Top four is definitely out of reach at this point if they keep dropping points to relegation sides. And yeah, like like we talk about Roma. We don't really yeah. praise them, but they are so much better than Napoli this season.
0: 100%. You're absolutely right. We do give Roma a lot, a, a lot more um, crap for being the way they are, but yet Napoli always uh, gets the benefit of, of the doubt, so to speak. And rightly so. I mean, they're the Scudetto winners from last season. No one expected this kind of a crazy fall off. And we've spoken at length about all the different issues the dynamics between uh, ownership and the players, including Austin and what what could have been done better and right and the coaching and everything. But at some point, you know, at the risk of sounding like one of, uh, one of our favorite managers ever, you, you got to stop talking and just play the game, right? All this stuff has to go to the side you can't you can't just keep blaming ownership you can't just keep blaming the coach you can't just keep blaming the players right at some point somebody's got to figure out what the issue is and fix it right it yeah, doesn't make I any sense totally agree
1: yeah like they needed to write the ship in november yeah <laughs> exactly. and it just it still isn't going the right way like everything is still going wrong. And it's almost by the time we release this podcast, it'll probably be March almost, Honestly. but, but yeah, like it just, at this point, you just don't know what the reason is. It's just so yeah. many things have gone wrong. And all of them, like not one thing has gone right. Kavara regressed. Mooseman mm-hmm. continues to be injured. Yep, And now he's back and he's scoring, doing well. But how long will he stay healthy? Exactly. Like, that's a question mark. Politano's dropped off. The defense in general has been abysmal. Oh, absolutely. Like, coaching decisions, questionable. Everything. Yep. Like, nothing's gone well. Like, Anguisa, yeah, great. Like, he's been good. He was gone for AFCON. So, like, which, like, that's fine. Like, yeah. but still, like, that's something you have to deal with. Yeah.
0: And yeah, it's a huge loss. Huge loss when, when it comes to a team like this that, that doesn't have the depth to be able to deal with uh, Nagisa being gone, right? So, yeah. You know, u- ultimately, the Snopoli team's got, to, got a lot to figure out. And I I think you and I are both on the same page. You're not going to figure them out today or this season. Uh, it, it seems like this is going to be one of those things where they just call it. It is what it is. I just genuinely have no hope for this team fixing them next season either, though. I genuinely don't think this ownership group is interested in actually fixing anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, it depends. Like
0: Osman is going to leave. Yeah.
1: So you have to imagine that's going to be a hundred million dollars.
0: You'd think, right. Exactly. And
1: then let's say 75 of that is reinvested. Right. You got to imagine they're going to put good, good purchases in from years past you. I would trust them to make good decisions Transfer-wise, like, think, they got yeah. Kim and Jay. Mm-hmm. They got Kavara, like, all on good deals. So,
0: but that was Juntoli, I would expect right?
1: them to, again, like,
0: what? That was Juntoli, though, right? I mean, he's gone. Fair. But still, I there? just,
1: yeah. Like, I just feel like they will make the right decisions in the end.
0: Hopefully. And, um, I hope so, man. Really they'll be. be
1: able to restore. And they'll have a new manager <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going right. into next year. Right. And... Hopefully that person will be able to restore, you know, that championship side, um, the level-headed mentality in a locker room rather than the just chaos that it's been. Yep. But, um,
0: yeah, that's a big summer questions. There's a lot of those, yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe Conte will come back to, to Italy, right? And uh, coach at Napoli. Who knows? Uh, we've seen crazier things happen. Uh, speaking of crazy things happening, Inter dominated their matchup against Atletico Madrid at uh, the midweek there, right? Uh, Atletico Madrid couldn't really get anything going at all. I mean, Inter did a great job of keeping them at bay. However, this game ended up 1-0, but it should have been like 3 or 4-0 on my estimation. That's just me counting like obvious opportunities. I I I just don't understand. Like, Anatovic had another opportunity before he scored. And he should that, have had that.
1: I don't know how he missed that second opportunity. Like that's like, he just leaned back from the six yard box and just shot was it a wild. thousand feet over the net. That's the one, the only one that I'm like, wow, like how did you miss that? Like, that's yeah. where I get it. The first one, it's obviously an unbelievable play and buildup from inter as a whole. Yeah. And it's, that's a harder shot than it looks like he should score. Yes. But, you're running full sprint, volleying a a ball that's going pretty well paced sure. across your body. Like that's a harder shot than people are talking about it. You know, I'm not an Arontavic fan. Like the guy <laughs> just misses every thought, every chance yeah. he gets. Yeah. Thankfully he he somehow finished that. Should have never fell to him, yeah, anyways. Right, right. Like Toro either should have finished exactly. or Laid it off to Dumfries, who yep. was just wide
0: open. I thought he was going to take it, honestly, himself.
1: Like, I mean, he did, and then he just missed. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. Obak had poor rebound control, thankfully, and put it right into Arnautovic's path, who almost missed it. But he scored, and taking a lead to the next leg is good because, I mean... Atleti didn't create anything. No. There was one header by Murata late in the game, yep. but was the still, closest. like that's a half chance, yep. and you'll take that. And hundred percent going into next leg, I feel good. Of course, you do. Like you got to lead. Yeah. Atleti again. I said this on the last pod that they're really, really good at the Wanda. So they are. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a very different game. Hundred percent. It's only like, one zero. Yeah, like it's. This tie
0: is wide open. 100%. This is why, this is why you know, those other opportunities should have been taken. Mm-hmm. Lautaro had two opportunities early on in the game. Two key opportunities. And this is where you got to worry. Those are going to bite you in the behind if you don't take them. Because he skied the first one. I mean, skied it. Boy, like that was just unfortunate. I mean, when I saw, uh, I forget, what was it, 10th minute, was it? Nonetheless, he should have had two of his first early on opportunities. All I'm all I'm trying to get to here is they're heading into the Wanda Metropolita- Metropolitano. So the reality is this game is pretty much wide open like you just said. What is the key for them to be able to keep this Atletico Madrid team from coming alive at home?
1: Play your game. Don't worry about Atletico, play your game. If you if Inter plays their best game, they will win. That's, like, they are better than Atleti. Like, that's how I see it. Like, Inter are one of the best teams in Europe. Atleti are a really good side. Not taking anything away from them. But pound for pound, Inter are better. And if they play their best and play to their game, Mm -hmm. instead of just sitting back and, like, absorbing pressure. Like, I'm sure Inzaghi will have them absorbing more pressure than I would want. Yeah. But, you know, if they take the game to Atleti like they did in the first leg, you create that many chances, you're not going to miss that many again. Yeah. It's just like, that's... And if you miss that, if you create that many chances and Atleti can still somehow punch you back in the face and get goals, like, okay. Props to them. Like, somehow. like But Inter's defense is so good, so well-structured. I just... I feel good. And if Inter play their best game, I just don't see how Atleti could get the result that they need.
0: I completely agree. I mean, uh, I think you're right. I think they still have this game on lock. They are the better team, uh, in my view, as well. Uh, That game will be coming up on Wednesday, March 13th. And, of course, we'll be previewing it right before the action. Uh, With that said, let's move to the game they played at the weekend against Lecce, away. Uh, Lautaro scores twice. Uh, followed by Fratesi and DeVry. Now, this was another one of those games where they just dispatch any rumors of, you know, slow down, concerns of any kind, right? 4-0. This is just like, they, they came in, they did their job, and they moved on with their lives. It was great. Four starters, three and a half, if you really want
1: to argue about <laughs> who's the right right wing back. But um, But, yeah, like, just... There was a lot of rotation, and yeah. the result was never in question. It was just Lataro, Lataro, and then Devry getting his first goal. That that's always good. We love to see it. <laughs> that was for true. Serie of the season. Yep. yep. Um. Yeah. Like it was. It was a good performance. You know, Leche didn't really do threaten a ton. There yep. were certainly some chances that they yeah. probably should have done better on yeah, in the 100%. first half. Mm-hmm. But once that second goal went in, you
0: just it was over. Yeah, I mean, they they had their great. shots. Uh, they had the total shots, but they didn't have anything really that, that threatened, seriously threatened Inter. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, Adaro didn't really have to do a ton. He did not. Like, it just... Yeah. Which is fantastic. Like, you know? And that's like, in years past, Inter have struggled in these games. Yes. You go on the road, like, it's a tougher game, and they just cruised. Didn't drop a beat, and almost the entire second team was in, which is just... That's exactly what you want to see. Yeah. When you don't have, like in years past, when Brozovic hadn't started, the level dropped immensely. And this time, without Hakan, didn't miss a beat, which is just even more props to Inzaghi. Like, he's created this great structure that Mm -hmm. the players know exactly, no matter who it is, they know how to play it and they just do it to perfection.
0: Oh, 100%. I mean, this was them sticking to their way of playing. And you mentioned something earlier about the fact that these are the games that they would have lost in years past, right? The in-between games, the in-between Europa, European competition, rather, uh, games, the the games in-between big games, right? Uh, they have been crushing these games this season, crushing them. They, they played Sanitana before the Atleti matchup. They crushed them 4-0 again. So it shows a level of consistency and determination. Again, we've spoken about this with uh, Juve, right? Being inconsistent in these scenarios. When you're playing a really far-down-low team, you should be winning those games decisively, right? Because those are the points that are, quote-unquote, easy, right? You should take those and run. And Inter's doing that. That's how they're maintaining momentum right now, and they're building confidence to keep on doing that. This is why I'm convinced this team... It's not stoppable. Yeah, I mean, we're still talking about pot center at the end of the
1: day, so you know, I'm not going to get too com- like of course, I'm of 90 plus percent confident. Uh, that's probably
0: you're not going to get uh, over your head, head. yet. Yeah, no, I know
1: but I feel good. Like you know, I was, <laughs> I was feeling really good until the last kick of that UVA game. <laughs> you know, but you know, it is what it is. Like. Inter only have to worry about themselves. 100%, obviously 100%. for nothing is just like a drubbing and they've just consistently done it. And in the, on the road is what impresses me most. Mm-hmm. Like doing that at home is one thing, but it's always been the road games that just are tricky. They are. And they are. yeah, just getting that second goal and killing the games off has been something this team has done so well mm-hmm. this year. And it's, it's just great At being an Inter fan like that is exactly what you want. It, we always talk about it like it's so easy to do. Oh, absolutely. And no we teams do. actually do it. Mm-hmm. So to see it happen is just, it's beautiful.
0: It's absolutely incredibly impressive is, is the best way I can put this. Because this team is currently at 66 points. Their goal difference right now is standing at 51. And Juve is a solid nine points behind. Three games, essentially. And Juve still have to consider the fact that Inter have a game in hand as well. So if so that goes Inter's way, which, I mean, at this point, I, I, don't, I don't see how it doesn't, right? The way that they're playing does not say to me, worry about something. They're not slowing yeah, down. I they're agree. not making those dumb mistakes, right? They're not making those silly mistakes.
1: Yeah, and my big thing is someone said this i forget who who did though um was when you watch inter you see them win for right. nothing in impressive fashion mm-hmm. like what are the mentalities of the other teams that are chasing them like you you just see like say if you're Juventus the players and the coaching like yeah you just struggled against Frosinone you got the win that's, that's right. great and then you watch this Inter game and they just absolutely smash a team and you're like how are we going to catch them when we're doing so poorly in this other game, like it's so hard to just visualize it because Inter are doing so well. Like they are going to get ninety plus points, right? Potentially a hundred plus if all goes well.
0: Well, that that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. It is, but it still. is of course it is. Um, yeah, it. It's tough because, and, and you mentioned this perfect segue into Juve, uh, mind you. We're talking about the Fasiano game at this point. And yes, Juve won. At the end, Rugani, of all people, puts in the third goal, three points. Because without that, it would have been one point, adding two to it enters a uh, total lead, right? That would have brought their lead over Juve to eleven. Uh, rather, you don't want that, especially right now. Now, I will say one one player that did not have, I'd have anything to complain about, was Vlavic. He scored twice, assisted once, and McKenney as well played a great game. And then he went out. Thank and you injured, for that. Uh, by the way, he's a frigging warrior. I mean, he was on the ground there. He was trying to set his own shoulder in the field. The guy was trying <laughs> to yep. set Just his own his shoulder. shoulder. <laughs> Bro, I'm like, what is he doing? Murica. Seriously, though. <laughs> Bro's like on the ground, and I'm like, oh, crap. That doesn't look good. All, all I see him is banging his shoulder on the ground. Like, what the hell is he doing? Um yeah, he's out until early March from what I heard, which is not bad. I mean, given that we're almost there. So, you know, um, yeah, not too bad. But nonetheless, Juve waited until the very last second to win this game. And there were so many holes that, that were exposed, right? Because Frustinone took advantage of them. It was 2-2 up until the very last second. This team, I'm worried now, is going to fall behind Milan. Is there any reason why I shouldn't think that?
1: No, I think you certainly could be worried about it. Like if they'd be, they'd only be two points up if they did drop that game. Um, but you have to be better in that game. Like, first and I really shouldn't have lost. That should have ended in a draw. Um, yeah, because that third goal, like that, should never go in from a keeper standpoint. Like, yeah, Cherifolini, like, what do you do? Like, that's the only place he can shoot it. How are you letting that in? Absolutely. Um, especially when points are at a premium at the bottom of the table for them as well. Like they're only three points from safety. So again, like that's a massive mistake from him. Huge. And, but yeah, like you said, Vlavic, McKinney, unbelievable games. They played so well. They look so good. Absolutely. And it's not from an American standpoint. It's great to see Weston having such a positive impact in big games. Yeah. um, Five assists this season, mind you. He doesn't have any goals, but five assists. Yeah, Milan certainly are right there. They probably should have won against Atalanta, but, you know, they didn't. So there's a four-point gap. I wouldn't be surprised if Milan were able to hop them, Mm -hmm. but Milan have Europe to worry about, while Juventus just have themselves in Coppa Italia.
0: Well, that's the interesting thing. You, you, You mentioned that just now, the fact that Juve have... (laughs) <laughs> we worried that Juve have pretty much themselves to worry about, but it seems like right now Juve is fighting itself and they're, they, they are as a team, their own worst enemy. And the more I watch this team, the more I realize I genuinely do not think this is a personnel issue because there were, so there were rumors at the weekend or before the weekend that there might be a, a formation change, right? Which we've been pretty much begging on this podcast for, for how long, um, and I, I was sort of hopeful, right? Skeptical, but hopeful. Didn't end up happening. Three, five, two, same structure, same everything. And you, the more you look at this team, the more you 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 see potential everywhere, right? Good players, plenty of, op- uh, of opportunities to go around. But they're, in my view, they're not being utilized properly. And it's not, I guess, it's not only my view. I mean, this is a view shared by, I think, a lot of people. How do you fix that at this point outside of firing Max Allegri 13 weeks away from the end of the season? Because he's not going to listen. I mean, you're
1: you're going to ride it out for the rest of the season. Like, for me, that's. Allegri's never getting fired in this spot. Right. Like, he's comfortably in Champions League. Right. And that was the goal to start the season. Yeah. Like, we can't get away from it because of what happened and transpired. Like, they were close to enter. So, you know, we started saying title race. Yep. But their goal was champions league. And right now they are easily in that spot. Granted, it hasn't been pretty, no, but firing a manager is definitely not what you want to do. No. When you're having shaky wins and then, but still the keyword is wins. Like they are getting three points. Like, yes, yes, that was not a good performance. They shouldn't have gotten three points, but they did. So, that's key to get them to champions. Like once you get past the season, then we start talking about a managerial change for me. Right. Like, yes, I want to see more attacking. So like I get having like a four, three, three and not having the three, five, two. Right. But it is getting them results. Of course it wasn't. So like, again, it's all just, we're prisoners of the moment. So like they won. So, I'm gonna praise him for getting the three points, um, but yeah, it just feels like I would stick with the three five two, but still somehow find a way to get Kieza Vlaovic, Yildiz. I guess now um, mm-hmm. on the field, like Yildiz is a fine player. Mm-hmm. He has fallen off from what he was doing I mean, earlier. You're like, right. Everyone's praising him, like oh my god, like look at this kid, he's unbelievable and now reality has come in and he's yeah. struggling. He's and that's fine. Like he's right? yeah, I mean, like, yeah. So take time. not going to crush it. Right. But you know, he isn't Vlaovic. So like Vlaovic is no, the guy. Yeah. And 100%. he's been playing great this season. Yes. Um, He's basically what Juventus paid for. Like that is how he's performing.
0: Yeah. 15 goals for assists uh, uh, to this point. Um, I definitely expect a little more than that, uh, if I'm being entirely frank. Um, But I get it. Uh, The way Allegri plays does not exactly allow him to be able to do that. So I I also take that into account. The fact that he's doing that perhaps says more about him uh, and and what he truly is capable of, right? And what Allegri is keeping him from truly accomplishing. Now, I'm not as kind as you are about this, just because they won this one instance. I mean, because the reality is if they had drawn, right? At home against Frosinone would not have looked good. If that game I had agree. ended 2-2, we would be having an entirely different conversation. So no, in my mind, they might as well have gone 2-2. Because it it just was that bad of a performance. It doesn't matter that Rogani at the end got it. Because look, we've got Napoli, Atalanta, Genoa, Lazio. Lazio again, Coppa Italia. And Fiorentina and Torino. Do, do those matchups... For this, Juve team, seem like reasonably easy matchups. I don't think so. No, but they should be able to win a decent amount of them. Should, right? In quotation marks, right? Yeah, Good. but
1: I mean, you're getting Napoli. Like, that is an easy win. Like they, they should
0: win that game. Maybe. Because
1: Napoli are terrible. Like, we can talk sure. about how bad Juventus are playing. Napoli are way worse. Are they like, worse than Fiorentina? So no, of course not. But still, like, but Juve won. Mm. So again, it's... So the result it's hard for me to say it doesn't matter because it does like, like we determine trophies off results, not performance. That's true. So, so three points are three points. Like that is it. Like, yes, it took until the very end. Mm -hmm. Juventus saying as it is like, Juventus have found ways to win games late many times with bad performances. That's a skill. Whether we like to praise that or not, like the game should be over before Mm -hmm. that happens. They still find a way. And whether that's good or bad, like from like a performance, you know, yes, let's criticize. It wasn't a good performance, but they got the three points against a bad side. It was at home. You know, you really would want to win by more, but still like, Three points
0: or three points I'm gonna be consistent on that <laughs> fair enough uh, you know the reality is in my view I have a totally different uh, perspective on on this team uh, in my from looking at the rest of the schedule, 11 out of their last 15 games, including Kobe Tavi matchups against uh and such uh, are difficult right they're not easy matchups so if they drop points. In half of them, that's not good, right? Because you have to keep toe, uh, you have, you have to keep sorry pace with Inter. You have to stay toe to toe with Inter, right? Unless they just totally abandoned, you know, this whole game of like trying to fight for a scudetto, um, and they're well, just saying the we're we're gonna well, remain in the top four and call it a day, right? So are Juventus?
1: like, worried about trying to win the Scudetto.
0: I think because, they are. Yeah,
1: if you, if you don't win half, half, if you only win half the games, like, yeah, of course. Like, you have to basically be perfect at this point exactly. to win the Scudetto. Yep. Like, you have 12 games. That's, what, 39 points. So the most they can get is 96. Yep, exactly. So if Inter wins 10 games in 13, yep. they win the Scudetto. They do. They have 21 wins out of 25 right now. Right. So, like again, like there is no room for error. Like Juventus need to go 11 one and zero exactly to win the Scudetto, which is
0: unlikely. Totally unlikely.
1: So, like that's right. So, for me, like I'm not thinking about Juventus and the skedetto when I'm looking at these performances. Like they're they should be worried about top four if. They should be taking it week by week. If they keep winning and all of a sudden Inter drops points, and sure, you want to talk about Scudetto race? Fine. But at this current state, that shouldn't even be on anyone's radar. Yeah, right. Like Juventus need to focus on themselves. Because Inter are focusing on themselves. They know they are the reason that they will win or lose the Scudetto.
0: Which is smart.
1: It is all based on themselves. It is not about if Juventus end up with 96 points, great. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Inter still will blame themselves if they don't get it.
0: 100%. But because they should get there. The, the, the problem, though, here is in the mixed messaging that comes out of Juventus, right? You've got Allegri for, what, 10 weeks at this point, running interference and throwing, <clears throat> throwing out comments about how they're not really seriously contending for Scudetto, right, when they were playing well. And then they uh, essentially play this whole you know, cat and mouse game where Allegri says one thing, players say another thing. And it just looks really bad, in my view. The optics are really bad because all he's doing is trying to protect himself, right? Realistically speaking. Because if the players are going to the press and saying, yeah, of course we're, we're fighting for the Scudetto, of course, right? And if you're a Juventus player, of course you're going to say that. Because you should say that. You're a Juventus player. You're not like, you know, playing for, again, no offense, but you're not playing for Cagliari here. Expectations are different. This is a, a, a literally pinnacle of European soccer, at least was at some point. But, anyways, that aside, this Juventus seems leaves a lot to be desired. That game was just uh, atrocious. Uh, outside of Lavich's uh, performances, and McKinney's performances uh, in that game is it was, it was a rough watch. Chiesa is being deployed in, in a in a manner that clearly doesn't work for him very well, seemingly, um, either. So he's really ineffective, largely so. He hasn't really been able to do much of anything. He's still stuck in that six-goal, one-assist you know, rut for the time being. And he's been left out of the squad even when he's been healthy, which... I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, but that's something to take into account. Meanwhile, and shifting focus here a little bit, but not really because you've got Milan right behind us. So you may have to worry about Milan being very, very, very close. This is not exactly like you've got nine points on Milan, right? You've got four points on them. That's not unachievable. Closing a gap, I mean. Milan win their game against Ren, right? Uh, or they lose a game against Rennes, rather, but they win uh, the two-leg tie in the Europa League. It wasn't their best game, in my view. But they did enough, right? They did, they did just enough to get through. They followed that performance against uh, Ren with a one-and-one draw uh, against uh, Atalanta. Taking both of these stock of both of these performances, Robbie, do you seriously see them challenging juventus for second place
1: yes i would be surprised if they actually don't leap juventus okay. i just like says the praised about how juventus gets <laughs> the three points actually, yeah, three yeah points but like again like i'm more impressed with performances regularly by milan like yes they lost that ren's game but they didn't need to win right they didn't need to draw like they just needed to lose by less than three so like they rotated every time Renz punched Milan punched back they did. and it was never in doubt that tie. So like, again, yeah, they lost three two, but like Milan was celebrating because they went through. So like, it's tough for me to see that as a loss. Like, yes, technically they lost the game, but right. they did exactly what they needed to do. Don't risk much score. Keep answering and don't let them, the momentum carry Renz to a comeback and never did. And then against Atalanta, I'd say they were unlucky to not win that game. Because that's not a penalty (laughs) for me. Like, any time, like, I'm stunned that they actually called it. Well, Um, Especially when he went to the monitor. (laughs) He literally took two seconds to look at it. Like, he didn't look at it. It was just, the guy could, like, whoever the VAR was, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was a really experienced ref, I forget his name, um, should have, like... Been like, hey, like, actually, like, yeah. watch the video. Like, he looked for two seconds, like, yep, that's f- for sure, Ben, because he just knew the VARF ref- was experienced, was like, oh, yep, like, that's that's it. Yep, I believe you. Like, why even go to the screen at this
0: point? Oh, exactly. Like,
1: he should have looked, and then he would have been like, oh, yeah, that's, that's not worth overturning. No. Like, calling the field wasn't a penalty, and it wasn't a, an egregious error. Was there contact? Sure. But, Yeah, that's not a penalty No. Uh, No, especially not when it's on the field. Like it wasn't called a penalty.
0: I mean, we've seen this before though. We unfortunately have seen this before. Uh, It it does make you question what exactly they're looking at when they're going to the monitor. It'd be one thing if they didn't even do that. Right. But when you're going to the monitor and playing that at better angles than we have access to as viewers of the game, right. How, how do they still make those decisions? It, It really is puzzling. Right.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to overturn egregious errors. Right. That that wasn't it. No, and that's my issue. Like, it's just like, yeah, there's contact, but like, it's not an egregious error. Like, why are we overturning this? That's exactly like a debatable penalty. It's not even a penalty, like for sure. Mm -hmm. So why are we giving it when it wasn't called on the field? And it just takes away from. How amazing Leao's goal was! Yeah, it does. We would be talking about that one nothing win. Mm -hmm. Boom! Like that goal was unbelievable. Like what an individual play to just like skip around two guys and just bury it from this improbable angle, top corner. Like what a goal! And that's two games in a row. Yeah, yeah. Like he's like he scored against Rens. Um, like a great goal too. Um, like. We're getting the Scudetto layout That's right. that we've we are. been begging we are. for, um, which is great. Like, Absolutely he's got another yeah. big game against Lazio and then back to Europa League right after. So let's go. Like, l- let's get the best layout back because that
0: right. is
1: yeah. best for the league.
0: Yeah. And Milan are playing uh, Slavia Prague uh, next week. And we'll, of course, cover that. We'll preview that matchup. Looking forward to uh, that. Now, hopefully, uh, all these Italian teams uh, continue playing their hearts out in the U- European competition because at this rate, uh, it is going to be Italy and Germany with the fifth uh, team spots. So looking, at, looking at good. At point. Yeah. It's just <laughs> fantastic. England is there. Yeah. And There's a very strong chance England just gets in right.
1: because they, are, they have better teams. Yeah. So again, like, there's a lot of ties that are going to be interesting, like Roma-Brighton. If Roma wins that, okay, that basically guarantees them in yeah. like a, for uh, for Italy. It's huge. But they are comfortably in first at the moment, which is good. Looking forward for to...
0: the fifth-place sides. I mean, I, I mean, that's crucial, right? That's so crucial. That means that at this rate, we're talking about Inter, Juve, Milan, Bologna, and Atalanta each having a spot in Champions League, which, by the way, would just be... Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine if Bologna got League. I know, exactly. That'd, that'd be that's, so funny. Man, that'd be wild. I'd be awesome. I don't even know how they'd be what they'd be able to do, but it'd be fantastic. I, I genuinely would be so interested to see uh what, what they'd do. But yeah. we've got plenty of time left before next week's action. Mm-hmm. Uh with that said, there was one more game. Uh, and of course we can't really cover it this week because it just sort of finished uh Fiorentina come back from behind and beat Lazio 2-1 with a Bonaventura goal in the 69th minute. Of course, we'll cover this next week. Uh, Couldn't really watch it. So with that said, uh, Robbie, thank you for joining me this week. Everyone, thank you for joining us this week for this recap episode of Week 26. Uh, Before we head out, Robbie, what was your favorite and least favorite thing that happened this week? I mean least favorite was of course the uh
1: Rugani goal. Uh, <laughs> of course. That's yeah. That's easy. Um favorite definitely gotta be Leao's goal. Like that was just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that was close second, Dybala's goal. But um the second goal <laughs> of course since he had three. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean unless we include, you know, for me personally, Champions League like the win against Athleti was great. That counts. That um, counts. Yeah, but uh, but Leao's goal was definitely the
0: individual highlight. Like that was awesome. Yeah,
1: like that was a great goal. like, it was just out of note. You were just like, wow, how did that just happen?
0: You got you got to yeah. love the uh, some of the, the the class action going on right now, right? We've got some great action at this point, and uh, European competitions getting back in the swing of things. It's making for a, a nice, a picturesque finish for the rest of the season. Looking forward to that. Uh, my favorite thing is the fact that, you know, Serie A's, uh is currently just ahead of everyone else in getting that fifth spot. <laughs> I love that. That is my like of the week, getting, get, get, just getting closer and closer to that finish line. I cannot wait. Uh, least favorite thing, the Juventus-Filicinona game. That was just a frustrating, hellish game. Uh, yes, yes, three points. I get it. I heard it before. Um, <laughs> I will just point to what Juve's track record has been. Just look, look at what's going on. To anyone talking about how I should just listen to three game, uh, three points, and, and whatever you know, they they are just Allegri. Please just leave. I beg of you. Just I'm imploring you. To leave Juventus, please. <laughs> with that, eventually, come on, man, don't do that to me. You're lucky you got Inzaghi; he's good. Um, jokes aside, he's a legend. I mean, Allegri just crosses uh thousand point, thousand real points, whatever the heck they're they're calling that exactly. But he just calls that uh, call crossed that threshold, a thousand and two points with this win over Frosinone. So. Congratulations to him. I just think it's time we separate, go our own ways, find a new path, maybe find ourselves eat, pray, love style in a you know a different country somewhere. But anyways, we will be back this Thursday with a new episode. And, of course, we'll be previewing match 27. And we are getting closer and closer to the end of the season. Isn't it exciting, Robbie? It's very, very exciting. Trophy season. That's right hopefully Inter doesn't do that. Anyways, maybe they just have a collapse of a lifetime in the next 13 weeks. We'll see. We'll see. But I I pray (laughs) now. If you like this episode, if you like this pod, please consider leaving us a five star review on your podcast platform of choice, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're available everywhere, but only a couple of them will actually let you leave a review. Uh, Also, please follow, like, subscribe, on youtube threads x instagram whatever it is that you like please just follow us on there and uh robbie thank you for joining me we'll see you all thanks for having me Ciao. ciao